Welcome to Conversations With. I'm your host, Jamie. Thank you so much for listening today. Wherever you are listening, make sure to press that follow button so you never miss a future episode. I am joined today with Jonathan Morehouse. We talk about his journey of getting into American football and his playing days for the Lancashire Wolverines. We discuss how he got the opportunity to move and play professionally in Finland and adapting to the culture and lifestyle there with his girlfriend Sam. Upon returning to the UK, Jonathan took up an opportunity to work with the scouting team with Fleetwood Town Football Club and we reflect on how much football manager has taken over both of our lives. You can watch the full unedited conversation on YouTube. The link is in the description of this episode. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at conversationswith.jamie for behind the scenes pictures, videos and exclusive content. Now here is my conversation with Jonathan Morehouse. Everything going on at the moment with COVID, um, what happened when, were you like straight out of the office or was it one of those you don't know what's going to happen or? Yeah, so in April, I believe it was, the start of April, obviously that's when we all started getting like the hints of COVID um, and and what it was essentially. And then I think at first I remember a lot of people treating it as, oh, don't be silly, we won't get affected by it, we'll stay in the office. And then all of a sudden, things started getting a little bit serious. The government brought something out. And this was obviously at the start of April. Um, and then when they when they sort of like nailed it on the head by saying, if you can work from home, work from home, that's when questions started getting arisen. We work in a very tight office. You know, there's definitely no two metres apart. Um, and we just sort of like made decisions as a company to sort of get out and work remotely uh, when we can. But that came around about the 10th of April. And... So from then I worked from home till I'm going to go as far as say maybe the end of April, maybe the very start of May and I got put on furlough. Um, so I got furlough till the 9th of June, which is the day before my birthday. And then they brought me back the day of my birthday. And uh, yeah, just been working from home ever since. Normal business hours, normal business things, just sat here in the office. Yeah, that's it. It's a lot better working from home as well. It's like less for me anyway. I live in Bispen, so it's commuting to and from Blackpool Town Centre. I don't drive, so it's getting buses yeah. to and from there as well. And you finish work, you can go straight eat, cook your dinner. You can even take a shower yeah. on your ten minute break. I love it. It's great. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it does. It works really well. Um, for me, I work in Leyland, so you know, for those that are watching and or listening, you know, we live in Blackpool. You know, which is. Um, just north of Preston, you know, if there's any sort of further away viewers or listeners. Um, and Leyland is south of Preston, so, it, you know, it's roughly around about 30 miles from where I from where I live. But because of peak times, you know, rush hour and stuff like that, it can take me an hour and a half to get there in the morning. So, you know, that's three hours a day by five days. That's 15 hours. You know, that's it's, it's absolutely insane when you think about the amount of time that's saved just from travelling, you know, and I drive a you know a big three liter well Ranger pickup fuel. truck. Well, yeah. yeah, that's that's the thing. You know, I mean, it it costs me around about hundred pound a week in fuel. So, you know, just mm-hmm. be saving that in, and spending that elsewhere. You know, on mm-hmm. PlayStation games and footy management <laughs> stuff. Is, you know, it will. It definitely does get spent spent elsewhere. Yeah. So, but it's, no, it's must be important as well because like you said you're also a new father as well. So spending time at home yeah. and get to see because obviously I've my daughter's ten now. So. Obviously, it's yeah. a bit different, but it's nice being at home and she can stay here whilst they're off school so I can see her in between calls that I take. So especially you get to spend more time with your daughter, his daughter, isn't it? 
Son. No, no, Son. No, son, yeah. his name is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're going to look back in this, you know, in 20, 30 years' time, you know, when COVID isn't a thing anymore um, and people are back to work as normal as if nothing's happened. You know, we're going to look back at this, and especially for myself, I mean, you're a little bit different, but I mean, still young. For myself, when, you know, when we went into lockdown, Noah just, you know, I think he was, what, one and a half years old, 15 months maybe. Like, how many dads get to spend, you know, all of that time at that age when the, when the kids yeah. are that age with their kids, you know? It's so lucky and we're so blessed to... I know it's like a, a gift and a curse very much, yeah. really, what is COVID. Um, but, yeah, getting that time to spend with him and, and especially Sam as well, my partner, um, you know, getting to see her much more, you know, it's, it's amazing because usually I'd be leaving the house, you know, for the gym at six in the morning and getting home at half six in the evening. It's, you know, that's yeah. 60, 70 hours a week just gone like that. that. You know, I wouldn't get to see them. So, you know, it's good. Especially at the age of like 12 months, 18 months, obviously that's when they start taking steps and start talking as well. Um, I'm not sure is he like talking or walking yet because like I said you, you're at home so the most thing is like you said dads always miss that kind of thing and they just get the recording from the mums look what's happened today yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. no I know and I'd be so devastated if, if I was to be missing yeah. out on all those things I would be so devastated but uh, no he's not talking yet so he's he must what 18 19 months now he turns two yeah. in November so at the time of recording now we are in August yeah. so what 18 months 19 months something like that and yeah. um, no we're still not talking um, which worried us for a little bit, um, but you know, he's not going to not talk for the rest of his life. So yeah. what we're looking at now is he can't answer us back, he yeah. can't call <laughs> us anything, and he can't ask us for anything. So it's great. Um, running, walking, he was doing all of that from you know ten and a half months to eleven months. So yeah. uh, physically, yeah, he's very, very, very far excelled um, massively. He's sprinting now, and he's you know, like I said, he's. 16 months and he's you know kicking the ball in the net and you know he's he, he can play football with his feet great no talking no we're still waiting for that to come on but we do think this lockdown covid has hampered all of it because he's not been spending time with other kids you know he's not been seeing other things going on you know he's just been watching minions and running around the house so. <laughs> hey, the first yeah, word's gonna be like good. banana or something like that now because it's definitely gonna be banana yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's gonna have to be yeah but he's no fortunately now he's moved on to toy story where they are talking toy story properly yeah. so hopefully he's gonna pick something up off there like you said with the like you said the physicality of him obviously being able to run and stuff obviously that's got to be some kind of genetics there because you put you to like you play so many different sports and obviously you play american football so how long have you been playing american football for yeah, so, oh, I mean, like to touch on that, I mean, I'm six foot on a good day, you know, if my hair's spiking up. Yeah. Um, his mum, you know, Sam, she's, what, five foot six, five foot seven, so for a girl, she's really tall as well. Um, obviously, I'm well built. Sam's, you know, a very small, like, in terms of build, you know, she's very petite herself, but... Yeah, I mean, physicality, I don't think he's going to be short. And if he's going to be anything built like me, I don't think he's going to be very skinny either. Um, but no, moving on, yeah, foot, uh, American football. So uh, when did we start playing? Roughly, it was about 2014 season, yeah. 14-15 was my yeah. first season going into playing, yeah. So, and was it, did you, have you only just played for, you played for Lancashire Wolverines, was it, you just went straight into them or how did you find out about getting into American football? 
So back when I was at college, uh, after we'd left school, um, there was two guys on, on my course. So it's Sam Bloomfield uh, and Eden Beasley. Both of those had played at junior level all the way through. So whilst we were playing football, and whilst we were wrestling on fields and throwing each other into ladders, they were playing American football. Um, so they grew up with it and, you know, got very good at a, at a young age. And they introduced me what, back when we was in college. I must have been 16, 17, talking about it all the time. And with, as with all American sports, we're not, we're, just, we're not introduced to it naturally. There always has to be some external factor that brings us in. You know, with football and rugby and that sort of thing, it's just bred into us just being yeah. English. Um, but with the American football, you do, there is an external factor. So after, you know, watching Sam and, and Eden talking about the American football and, and seeing some of the stuff, it sort of it always triggered me and it's something I'd always wanted to have a go. Now, I was never the biggest guy. I've always sort of like been a little bit big, but I've never been, you know, built. And so I never thought to myself, I could play American football and I'd be good because I've got the size or the physicality. I never thought that. Um, and then a few years later, so I must have been, what, in 2014, I would have been... 24, 23, I sort of, I think I'd literally just flipped the TV on one day. Denver Broncos were playing. In fact, I'll tell you when it was. Not off the top of my head for the year, but it was Peyton Manning's first season for the Broncos. So we'd come back from a neck contusion. Um, he was previously with the Colts and the Broncos had played the Colts in the divisional round. Um, so that was that was my first sort of you know going into it really and uh, I'd looked at it and I sort of got in touch with with Sam uh, Sam Bloomfield from college and I said listen you know I wanted to get involved how do I do it and fortunately so for those that know American football the playoffs come around uh, just after Christmas with the lead up to the Super Bowl being roughly the first week in February so the way that the American football season works is it will just move from uh, the, the British season will start roughly around about April time and then end in September. So the season and the, and the training, pre-season, that sort of thing, will start in February. So the guys who have got... Football all year round. Exactly. <laughs> so if you've got the bug for it, you know, through the winter, you can sort of like keep watching in the playoffs and the Super Bowl. I mean, everyone obviously watches the Super Bowl, so it's always a, that's always a good start. Yeah. So you get to watch the Super Bowl and then you think, I want to play this. Now what? Oh, Pre-season's just started and they're doing a rookie intake. Lancashire Wolverines. So I'm from Blackpool, you know, Lancashire. It's not that much of a big place. It's got to be somewhere fairly local. I mean, I, I wasn't driving at the time, um, but surely I'll be able to get there somehow. Um, I think I'd messaged him on Facebook. Uh, Simon Purcell had got back to me. He was the head coach at the time. By the way, he's still the best head coach I've ever played for. Let me know that down just so it is live and it's been recorded. He is the best head coach ever. Um, so he got back to me and he said, uh, we're training Blackburn, um, but there is about five or six guys in Blackpool who play. And I'm thinking, there's not five or six guys in Blackpool who play. Like, social media is massive. Like, I'm quite a popular person in terms of knowing people and I've worked on the doors in Blackpool and stuff. So I thought, I must know someone who plays it, Surely. Anyway, I didn't actually know any of the guys who played it. I think they maybe just kept themselves themselves. So you had Jack Watson, Joe Morgan, Kyle Greatbatch, and, and they were the guys at the time. And obviously, Sam, uh, he lived in Lytham. Eden lived in St. Anne's. So 
they were the two guys that I knew at the time. So I thought, right, well, I'll travel up with those guys. Got talking on Facebook. And I remember Kyle Greatbatch, he, he, he messaged me. I said, I'll come pick you up in the morning. It was a Sunday. Picked me up, Ford K8, freezing. One of his windows didn't shut properly. It was Baltic. And I think I remember snow coming down. Um, so this would have been the second or third week in February. We turned up on... Um, I can't remember what the place is called now. It's in it's in Blackburn. And do you remember the old AstroTurf that you had in Stanley Park, where it was you get all rock the... solid carpet yeah. and it's sand. Well, they were they was on that, and I thought this is going to be brutal because I know I'm sliding on my knees at some point. This <laughs> is going to be brutal. Anyway, I turned up and there must have been a hundred guys there. Literally every shape and size that you know of a human being turned up that day. <laughs> And I thought, I do not know how this is going to turn out. So I've played football, normal football, at a decent standard, you know. And with normal football, everyone looks kind of the same. You know, you get some taller people, you get some shorter people, but everyone looks kind of the same. And you kind of have a general gist of looking at someone and know how they're going to yeah. sort of perform. With this, you had guys who were six foot nine. They were built like a fridge. You had six foot nine guys that were built small. You know, you had short guys who were fat and massive and I just thought I have no idea how this is going to go anyway so in our rookie intake if you will so they did it dead official you know you had three weeks of rookie intakes and if you made a if you made the cut from week one you made it to week yeah. two to week three to being invited to train with the first team um they they never really looked at me and gone this is the position you're going to play they looked at me and said you're an athlete you're fast, you look strong, you can move, you've got good flexibility. We're just going to play you because athletes can play. So I said, right, no problem. Anyway, they moved me to, to be playing outside linebacker. So with my following of the Denver Broncos, Von Miller, number 58, was my idol. You know, yeah. he's, he's, I mean, he still is. So I thought, right, I'm going to watch this guy. I'm going to study him meticulously because anything I've ever done, I've always studied for, no matter what. I always want to be the best, so... Hard work, you know, yeah. will get me there in preparation. So I've watched this guy and I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. And there was, uh, you know, there's a few guys at Lancashire Wolverines and their defence was known to be a very good defence. Uh, they were nicknamed the Black Swarm. So I, I mean, everyone literally just swarms to the ball. Um, so I always thought, right, OK, I'm going to play defence. It's going to be great. You know, I don't really know what it means, but I probably won't be scoring too many touchdowns. So... Yeah, it should be good. Just stop the quarterback from throwing the ball, basically. Just basically, <laughs> yeah. just get to the quarterback and give him a tough time. Yeah. Um, now I'll be brutally honest with you. Um, I did not enjoy the first four months to play in American football. Now I played football, like I said previously, at a decent level. I was not physically ready for the contact of American football. Now everyone says about American football, oh, it's like rugby, but with pads on, it can't hurt and stuff. I challenge anyone who plays rugby to put on American football pads and then go full speed into each other head first and see if it doesn't hurt. Because I can tell you right now it does. I wasn't ready for that physicality. However, I carried on. I stuck with it and I stuck with it and stuck with it. Anyway, long stuff. Well, not, it's never a long story short with me. But that first season, we made the playoffs in the Prem. So in the Premier League, you had, you've got... Um, in, your, in the North, so you've got Division 3, Division 2, Division 1, and then the Premier League. Um, and then you've got the same for the South. So we made the playoffs for the Premier League. So we was already in the Prem, got there, um, and we had the best defence in the league. Now, was I a big part of that? Probably not. I didn't play, I probably didn't even play 50% of the snaps um, for that season, but we got to the playoffs. 
So why not? I'm here now. I want a winning team. I'm enjoying it. I've never won anything in my life. Why not stick with it? And it's a great group of guys as well. Made really good friends. Friends for life with that team. Got to the playoffs, went down to London, got the absolute shite kicked out of us. And that was the end of the playoffs. So that was the end of the season. Okay, right. We'll come back next season and we'll, you know, we'll go again. Season two comes around and I'm thinking, I actually didn't enjoy that season. Like I didn't enjoy it. Like I've spent a lot of money on equipment. You know, you're training twice a week and then you're playing your games at the weekend. And I didn't enjoy it. And I thought, I've just stuck a full 12-month season now. I'm battered and bruised. I've got dislocated shoulders. My fingers are facing the wrong direction. But I didn't enjoy the, the playing side of it. Something's got to change. Anyway, so I spoke to uh, Chris Bradley, who was the offensive coordinator at the time. And he said to me, there's no way. So, because I wanted to play offensive line. Yeah. I thought, I want to play offensive line. Now, like I said, I'm six foot on a very good day. Five, five, eleven and three quarters most of the days. And he said to me, you're not tall enough to play offensive line and you're definitely not fat enough to play offensive line. And I thought, right, okay, well, tall, I probably can't change that. Maybe some insoles, that might do me. I'll get a few people to stretch me out. Fat, no, I wasn't fat because I was still stripping at the time for the Dream Boys. So I thought, I'm not fat. Well, I can potentially change that. And let me tell you, Jamie, I ate like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> and I got bigger and I got bigger and got bigger. Now, I never got fat. I just got bigger because I was training hard. You know, I was, I was bench pressing, you know, through the roof. I was squatting through the roof. And anyone who knows me knows my legs have always been, you know, like tree trunks. So <laughs> I've got a good base. I've got a good foundation. My technique's very good. I've got fast feet and I've got good hands. I've got great vision and I'm willing to learn. So I said to him, not only am I going to play offensive line, but I'm also going to play off offensive line for Great Britain. And I think at the time he just looked at me and said, yeah, of course you are. Yeah, Keep yeah, dreaming. no worries. Keep yeah, dreaming, yeah. kid. See, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just dreaming, kid. This was in October. Now, October is the bit where, for anyone who plays American football, will tell you October is a tough time. The reason being is the NFL is about two months in at this point. So your head is just NFL, NFL, NFL. You are watching it all the time and you want to be playing. You know, you're in the gym because you want to, you're watching this all the time. You're motivated. You think, oh, I want to be playing. I want to be playing. So you're messaging the coaches and it, just about anything, just because so, just there's relevance and you want to get stuck in. Anyway, I said to him, right, I'm going to be playing offensive line this season. He says, right, we haven't got any spots at the moment opened up because um, we were very much the best player players. You know, not if you come to training, you play. The best player plays, you know, and he's, he told me this and, you know, I had, I had to accept that or not accept it and go elsewhere. Anyway, I turned up in the new season with this abundance of knowledge and, and played offensive line. Ended up starting left tackle um, come week one. Got MVP of the game in the first week against East Kilbride. I'll never forget, we won that game. East Kilbride had won the league the year before. And we beat them at our place. And we should, well, we were never meant to win that game. And we did. Um, and it was at that point I thought, right, okay, this is going to work. We're going places. And I think a lot of people in the team at the time looked at it and gone, there might be something here. There might be something. Now, a lot of people look at offensive line and go, surely that's a much more physical demand on your body than playing linebacker. 
because you can play linebacker and you might not end up touching anyone for, you know, eight or nine snaps. The ball might have gone different your way. You might be stopped at the line. Offensive line, you're hitting someone every snap of the game. Now, on, our, on average, in our league, there was roughly around about 100 to 120 snaps a game. So that's a lot of contact yeah. in one, one game. I don't know if something triggered during the off-season. I don't know if, you know, something mentally triggered and I was ready for it. Um, having watched a full NFL season or I just sort of accepted not being a little bitch and we had a really good season I don't think we made playoffs that season I think we narrowly just missed out and and then anyway the season after so left tackle are predominantly your tallest players you know very long range arms now it's a standard running joke with me and all the guys that I've all played with saying that I have really short T-Rex arms. Now, I have my arms, my partner, Sam, has longer arms than I do. Like, I have really small arms. So playing left tackle with really small arms isn't a great combination because they can get their hands on you before you can get your hands on them. So I was always just cut-locking people and putting my shoulder through their knees. And that was just stopping them. It was fine. And they got away with it for a year. So anyway, they said to me, would you like to move inside, play either guard or centre? And I said, well, I can't snap the ball. So I'll end up having to play guard. Now, the guards at the time, we had Carl Davies, um, who played left guard, probably the best guard I've ever played with, by the way. And uh, JJ, who played right guard, fundamentally very good. Physically, you look at him and you think, why do you not play in the NFL? Like You look at him, he's just he's built like an NFL offensive lineman. You know, he's, he's got the knee braces, the eye black, the cleats. The long arms, you know, just he's just what you want to look like as an offensive lineman. So I thought, there's no way I'm going to be playing guard. I'm not going to, I'm not going to cut it inside. And anyway, a um, a spot opened up at centre. So I really, really, really had to work on my snaps. So if you're playing shotgun, that means the quarterback will stand five yards behind you, and then you're throwing the ball to hence to his hands. If you're playing under centre, that's when the quarterback will come under your bum like this and grab the ball, which is much easier to do because you don't have to aim. So we, we only played shotgun, so which is obviously a little bit tougher. Um, I must have spent two hours a day, every day, for about three months in a dance studio at Helio's Gym, which is um, up by the fire station in Blackpool, throwing the ball on, with a shotgun snap at a punch bag until it got right. I'd smash mirrors, I'd knock things over, the staff would come in, they were complaining, why have you got American football in your hands? Anyway, it worked, all right? It, it eventually, eventually worked. Snaps were going direct there every single time. So our quarterback at the time, David Mead, um, he's got hands like a receiver. You know, he could, he could catch coronavirus if he was on his own on a remote island and there was no one around him. Like, he could catch anything. Um, so, I mean, he had snaps that were up here, he had snaps up here, snaps down here, and he was catching them all. So, I'm obviously facing the other way. So, I, if, I, if, the, if I can see the running back who's got the ball now, or the throws got off, I'm thinking, good snap, perfect yeah. snap. Now, we watched the film back, and the snaps were like 10 feet in the air, <laughs> they were five feet to the left, and thinking, this is not working out like the way I thought it is. And I, what it was, I was just overthinking it. I was just overthinking it. And it eventually worked. 
came round. I'd, I'd done a lot of practice again. And, you know, my, my partner, Sam, she helped me practice. She was catching snaps. Um, it was, this was pre-Noah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, she was catching snaps. And eventually it just worked and managed to, you know, click. And I had a very good time for the rest of my American football career up till now, playing centre with solid snaps. So, um, yeah, that that had been pretty much that. We moved into centre my third season as offensive lineman for Wolverines. Fourth year, I got named captain. We had a terrible season. Um, and then after that, that's when I went out to Finland. Yeah, so with Finland, how did that happen? Um, did you... Did it just come and scout you over there, or is it something you approached them, or because like, Finland, like, it's just strange to think oh, I've just gone to Finland to play American football. You don't expect Finland to play American football. <laughs> no, no, you are you're right. Yeah. So the way that it works is th- there's a website called Europlayers, so it's Europlayers.com, and essentially it is it's like Indeed, if you will. Like, okay. a, like, a, like, a, like a website where uh, each team, this is around the world, by the way, so you've got teams in America, you've got teams in Brazil, teams in Australia. Australia are very big for it. Um, teams all around the world, they will advertise what players they're looking for. Um, they will advertise all the benefits, so that they'll advertise like how much money, what you're going to get, so like travel, your flights, all equipment, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, and then essentially you apply. That's that's the way it is. So the way you would do it, you set up a profile. You can put your highlights on this profile because all games of American football are all films and they're all to a fairly decent quality. Yeah. Um, so we use Huddle. Uh, it's H-U-D-L. Um, Huddle's widely known and recognised as a sports um, like video breakdown tool. You know, yeah. normal football players use it, rugby use it, everything like that. So we used Huddle, made a highlight tape. Uh, this was done by um, Rick Southworth, who was my old DC defensive coordinator the year we went to the playoffs. And he was the one, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be playing American football. He was the one who convinced me to play, like yeah. carry on playing. Um, and Adam Purcell, who was the assistant offensive coordinator under Chris Bradley, but he was the brother of the head coach, Simon Purcell, in the first season, who, you know, the best head coach ever. Um, So they put this highlight tape together for me, and I basically flaunted myself on the internet, um, (laughs) non-sexual, to all these different teams across the world. Uh, So, you know, your, your main league outside of the NFL is the GFL, which is the German Football League. Um, so your GFL is your is the standard basically. If you want to make it, you're going in the GFL. Forget the NFL; like that's only you know zero point zero 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 one percent of college players make yeah. it to the NFL. So why would someone from Blackpool make it? You know. Um, so it was the GFL. That's that was the aim anyway. So I'd applied for every GFL team. I was convinced I could make it, and they all basically just came back with the same thing you're too short and you're not big enough, like you're not fat enough. Now this was four seasons into my career. Can you hear that noise outside by the way? It's like a little screeching noise. I don't know if it's something like the connection or something like sometimes. No, yeah, no, it's builders have got the audacity to be building at this time of day. You know, got people (laughs) who are doing interviews and stuff. I know. 
Um, yeah, they'd all come back and they said the same thing. You're not tall enough and you're not big enough. Like, you know, why don't you play linebacker? And, and I thought, right, okay, this is not happening here. It's just not. Hmm. Anyway, so uh, one team uh, did finally get back to me in Finland. I'm going to let you uh, pronounce that in a second. One team finally got back to me um, and they said, listen, we know you're not very tall. Their opening message was, we know you're not very tall. We know you're not very big. But your speed and your footwork for an offensive lineman are like no other. You know, we'd love to have you here. And if we can bulk you up, maybe put 40 or 50 pounds on you, you know, when you get here, why not? Which they did, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so why not? Um, and that's kind of how it started. So, yeah, Jamie, obviously, you know which team it was. Yes, yeah, um, the um, the Yoki Coral. Crocodiles, seeing Yoki. You, you can't even say crocodiles, right? I know, right? <laughs> seeing Yoki crocodiles in Finland. It's close. It is close. it completely. But <laughs> no, no, not terrible. So it, it's the Sainioki. Sainioki. Yeah, I think the J is silent. J. Silent. Yeah, kind of silent. It's more like a Y. Sainioki. And uh, depending on who you ask, some people might call it something different, but it is the Sainioki crocodiles. Um, so they are in the Midwest of Finland. Um traditionally known for bringing over British guys. So they've got a few British players that play. I think they currently, as of, as of 2020, they have um, one British offensive lineman out there now. I think he's a left tackle, very good player. They've Last season they had so Spencer Cutland. He's, the, he's a wide receiver. I think he's a dual-passported player. So I think he's uh, US slash British. He's playing out there, but he's like a, he's like a club favourite. You know, he's he's smashed it he's been he's been there before and he's gone away and he's come back and he's having a very good season um anthony brooks he was um part us part scottish um so he's like a wes welker type player he you know to play in the slot he's probably one of the best slot players i've ever played with he was unbelievable um great kick returner as well um so yeah they were quite heavily known for bringing over british players and um it was really good but we went over there in 2018. So the way it worked at the time is I'd accepted a contract offer to go over and play um, as an offensive lineman. So I went over, my partner Samantha left her job and she came with me, um, which was you know very daring to do. You yeah. know? Now, the kicker here, excuse the pun, um, we didn't, well, no, we kind of did realise Sam was pregnant Sam was six weeks pregnant when we went over there with Noah. So she'd only just fallen pregnant. Mm-hmm. Now, in Finland, and I'm not sure if this is sort of like runs through Europe as well, if you don't have a passport, if you're, if you're not finished there, you know, you don't have that nationality passport, you can't give birth there. Otherwise, you know, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg or it might even cost you a baby, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can't give birth there because you know, the baby's not that nationality because you're not that nationality. So the way that the season worked is we went over in the start of April and we were due to come home at the end of September. And Sam had to leave at the start of August. Um, it, that was more due to flying reasons. I think past a certain amount of weeks. Yeah. Can't fly. Um, so Sam had to come home early. Um, and we we in the case of the, the league, by the way, at the time was so tight. Like I think Helsinki roosters, they were so, they were 
the huge dominant team at the time. They'd won eight league titles in a row. Um, they had they'd won the league, basically. Yeah. But, I mean, to get into the playoffs, the league was stupidly tight. So, we were in the... I think we were in the situation going into the final game. If we lost by a certain amount of points, we could have been relegated into the league below. And if we won by a certain amount of points, we'd have been in the playoffs. So, and I think the final game... I scored a 49-yard field goal. Um, I'm also a kicker as well, by the way. A 49-yard field goal that put us in the lead. Um, then something happened and they'd taken the lead back and then we'd scored a touchdown in the final few minutes. Um, but due to results elsewhere, we hadn't made the playoffs. So if we'd have made the playoffs, I would have been there till October. So which would have been very nervous for us because Noah's original due date was the middle of October. Yeah. So that made us very nervous. So that was Finland, really, in a nutshell. You know, we made some friends for life. You know, Jonathan Baker, he was the quarterback out there. Um, he's one of Noah's godparents. You know, he's one of the nicest, one of the truly nicest people I've ever met. You know, a real Christian as well. And he was like a brother to Sam when she was out there. Um, Christian Powell, um, he was previously on the practice squad for the Pittsburgh Steelers. When I tell you now there isn't a more natural-born athlete in the world than this guy, I cannot express that. He, As a running back, he is one of the most deadliest players. I still don't know how he's not playing in the league, like in the NFL. He's insane. Like I watched a highlight of him the other day. He, he is, he's ridiculous. Like he is the Messi of American football. So if that's what the standard is in the NFL, like... Mm. You know, it, it's just crazy to think how good he actually is, you know. And, you know, Tomas and, you know, we had Tomas Chulik. He's one of my very good friends. We speak all the time still now. We have Pat Wilson. He's a British player. He played in Plymouth, the wide receiver. He's, again, to look at him, you know, he's a, as a, a black kid. He's, you know, about six foot two, I think. To look at him, you don't think anything American football but like yeah. you put him on a field and he just goes up and gets the ball. He beats players off the line. He's just insane. You know, he's just blessed with a natural touch of American football. And I think for me to go out there as one of the better players in the UK at my position, to go out there and sort of be a very average player in that league, you know, I was very, like, it was a humbling experience, you know. Every training session, we were training four times a week. Every training session that we had in Finland was like the toughest game you could possibly imagine in the UK, you know. And there's been British players who have gone out and, and they will sort of like reiterate that fact, I'm sure. But yeah, it was it's a very good league. You know, the media side of it is amazing. It's very highly covered as well. So um, anyone who gets the opportunity to go out, whether it not just be American football, football, basketball, any opportunity to go out and play in a different country where you can get paid to play the sport you love, Oh my God, just do it. Don't think of the consequences. Just, just, you know, it's better to ask for forgiveness than it is for permission. Just do it and then everything else will sort the, itself out on the back end. That's like the dream as well. Like you said, you don't have to work and do it as kind of a hobby. You, you're getting paid to play American football in a different country. What was it like? You said that you enjoyed the experience there, like learning a different language, the food. What was it like outside of football living in Finland? Yeah, so. Finland itself is a very sort of alienated country. Like it, it doesn't, 
it doesn't just make way for you because you're British, like because you speak the most popular language in the world. It doesn't cater for you, you know, because you play professional over there. They don't cater for you. Like you're just mm-hmm. another person. So when we got over there, bear in mind, obviously the weather is very different to what we have here. We just have rain and clouds and occasionally a little bit of sun. And you pretty much guarantee that year round. In Finland, you have, I think, four months of darkness. And then you have, like, I think maybe four months of, like, in between. And then you have four months of just pure brightness. Like, it was very weird to get used to. They call it midnight summer. I I suggest everyone look at it. I think there's a few weeks of the year where there is not any darkness at all. So it can be midnight till 6 a.m., still as bright as it was at 4 p.m., you know, the following day. It was insane. We had to have industrial blinds put in, and, you know, it was nuts to think about things like that. But, you know, the food, it's not too dissimilar from over here. You know, they have, like, little coffee places and, um, and, and you know, sort of, like, pizza places. Now, going back to what I said earlier about, about putting the weight on, when I first got there, I remember, you know, walking. This was literally the first experience I had with anyone after we got off the plane, really. I remember walking into the head coach's room. Michael Mattingly, his name is, great guy um, from Virginia. So I remember walking in and he, like, literally looked me up and down. He went, we're going to need to put some weight on you really, (laughs) really quick. And I was just like, oh, shit. Like, how is this going to work? Anyway, so we had... um, we had buffet tickets. So, cause obviously we didn't pay for the food. So we had buffet tickets every single day. You go and eat somewhere. Now these buffets are, they do not hold back. It is not like pizza hut where you go up and you get a few and they kind of look at you as in like, no, don't come back. Don't come get any more. Like this was like, Oh no, we've got all this. And then we've got like eight more times this, just in case you do want any more. Anyway, Michael it just Martin. like coming up to you, bringing the plate. Like, hey, have some more. <laughs> yeah, there was like, oh, do you want any more? Like, I know you don't, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Like, they was honestly like, especially like I said, my, Michael Mattingly. Every single day, I'd get back from lunch. What did you eat? Uh, I had three pizzas, um, four bowls of chips, two sausages, and a bowl of ice cream. He's like, and he'd go, "Damn, Johnny, we can, we need you to eat more, man." We need you to eat more. I'm thinking, like, I've never ate this much in my entire life, and I still think I'm a big eater, and I've never ate this much. What do you mean you need me to eat more? And when you talk about pizzas, you talk about a full size, like, proper oh, pizza. Not talking, like slices, I'm, yeah. I'm not talking full slice. Like, I'm not talking full pizzas. We don't know what full pizza means. <laughs> we don't know what full pizza means. Like, I'm sure they like, they're like America when it comes to, like, portions. They are not shoddy portions. These are like pizzas, up on pizzas, up on pizzas. What do you want? Oh, do you want pepperoni on this one? Okay, right, we'll bring you two out with pepperoni, then we'll bring Mm -hmm. you one out with cheese and tomato, just so it's not as full. I'm thinking, I'm eating three pizzas for my lunch every single day with potato balls, with chips, and then I'm finishing it off with a bowl of ice cream. Like, So I went over to Finland in 2018, on April the 20th, and I weighed, the day I left the UK, I weighed 202 pounds. Now, kilograms and stones, I don't really know. I just go off pounds for some strange reason. I'll let you figure that one out. So I weighed 202 pounds. I came home from Finland six and a half months later, weighing 279 pounds. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. 
going to check real quick. So, I was going to say, with the pounds that I kind of know, obviously, because I'm a big wrestling fan, they always weight in pounds anyway. So you look yeah, so like, you know, know yeah. like, yeah. So 77 pounds in kilograms is 35 kilograms. So okay. think of a 35 kilogram dumbbell. That's the weight that I put on. In stone, that's five and a half stone I put on in six months. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, now I've kind of lost the most of that but I mean I'm still like on a on a decline of losing the rest of it now I think and but no it was just it was insane to think and what didn't help or kind of maybe what did help is I've got Samantha there who's you know 18 weeks pregnant who's eating everything in sight which is like oh right perfect well if she's eating everything in sight then I'm going to eat everything in sight you know um, I'm sure if she wasn't pregnant and I was eating everything in sight, she probably would have been eating everything in sight as well. So she wouldn't have thanked me for that. Um, but luckily, she's you know built like a little porcelain doll, so she's going to get away with it. Um, and she's lost all of that, so she's dead. Very, very lucky. But no, it was such an amazing experience. Like I said, I just urge anyone to learn a different culture. Learning the language was that was never going to be possible. It's such a you know tough language to learn. Um, but no, it's, you know, it's a great experience. Uh, I've always wanted to go to the Scandinavian countries. My bucket list is, I'm going to be jealous now if you answer this. Did you see the Aurora Borealis? The what, sorry? The Aurora Borealis, the Northern Lights. Did you see any of those whilst you were over there? If you no, did, I, oh, not no, really. I, didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't, but Christian Powell, who I just told you about, the running back, he posted on his Snapchat the other day and he, that he did see them. I'm thinking, oh, Jesus Christ, you're so lucky. But they looked absolutely unbelievable. There's some really amazing things over there, you know, that, you know, that unfortunately we didn't get to do. You know, Lapland, we didn't get to do that, um, you know, which I think that would have been real nice in the winter. Yeah, but obviously now you, you're back in the UK and obviously you've got nowhere now. Um, after America, did you still did you go back to Lancashire Wolverines or what is it that you're doing now? Are you still carrying on with American football? or So... We're, we're in a bit of a tough situation at the moment. So I've had um, two open shoulder dislocations on this shoulder and the, the, during American football, and I've had one shoulder dislocation on this shoulder pre-American football. So my shoulders are kind of like shot to pieces, um, regardless of whether you're wearing pads or not. So on the body, it's always going to be tough, no matter what. Now, I'm 29 now. Some people might say that's like a prime age. You might, you might be at your prime physical condition for playing American football. I beg to differ personally, but some people do. Um, so the season after Finland, when when I'd finished in Finland, I posted a picture um, of the jersey hanging up behind me with the boots hanging up, you know, standard retired photo, if you will. And I posted that and everyone was like, no, don't go, don't retire. And I was like, no, I'm done, I'm done. You can't convince me, I'm done. I'm done. Right, okay, I'm not done anymore. I'll, I'm out of retirement. And that happened. when you think life. I'm done, they pull me yeah, back in. <laughs> they just pulled me straight back in. The game takes no prisoners and it pulled me straight back in. And, um, you know, one of my best friends, Michael McGugan, who I now work with, he plays left guard for the Manchester Titans. So the Manchester Titans, to me, were always a smaller division side. They were sort of like some we played in pre-season, we beat them. Like uh. hmm. Over the last few years, that has definitely not been the case. You know, Sam Bloomfield, who I mentioned, he's now the quarterback of the Titans. 
Uh, Luke Carlton, he was my offensive coordinator when I was at UCLan. Um, probably one of the most insane minds of offensive football that I've ever come across. He's beautifully gifted up here when it comes to it. Um, their role at the Titans, like I said, Carl, who I played guard with, he was at Titans previously. Uh, Jack Watson, he went and did a season at Titans. So all of a sudden, you know, with Sam Bloomfield in there, uh, Luke Carlton, Michael McGugan has been there for a few years now, like prior to those guys, he'd been at Yorkshire with that. Um, they'd really, they built a huge dynasty and such an amazing program, like a, a, as a football program itself. I think I could be corrected, maybe. Yeah, I think I might get corrected here, but they have the biggest program of American football in the UK. And what I mean by that is youth teams, uh, flag football teams, which is hugely popular. I'm not a huge fan of it myself, but it's hugely popular, especially for fitness, that sort of thing, um, and non-contact. So you've got your flag teams, you've got all your youth teams coming up. I think they've got under 16s, 17s, under 19s. And they've got the adult senior team. They've now got a B team, which they're calling the Manchester Bees, you know, playing with the name. And yeah. um, so we've got the B team because they're at the adult team is too big. Um, so they've got that. They've got a women's team, which is one of the best teams in the UK. So, you know, most of the staff on Manchester are involved with the Great Britain setup. So they got it going so good. And if there's going to be any, you know, program to follow in the UK with American football, they have to look at the blueprint for Manchester Science yeah. because that's the, the future and the way it should be run, really. Um, so going back to my original point, Michael McGugan, he played or plays guard um, for the Titans and he talked me into going to playing for them. So I did and I went down. Um, I mean, a few things happened here and there, uh, which I won't go into, but I kind of came away and I thought maybe this isn't for me. Um, hung the shoulder pads back up. I thought, nope. It's not meant to be. I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in, in faith and, and fate, sorry, and, and things. Everything being, happens for a reason. Yeah, I'm a huge believer in that. And the fact that I'd sort of built this Titans thing up to be something amazing and be going down, it's going to be great. We're going to win, the, you know, the national title. And, you know, I, as far as I was concerned, I'd done everything that I wanted to do in terms of, you know, I'd played pro, I'd earned money, I'd traveled the world, I'd done this, I'd done everything. So... I didn't want to go back into into football and think like I don't really have a reason to be here, but I'm just here anyway. I didn't want to do that. So, like I said, Mike had, had basically taught me around. We're building a dynasty. Let's have one big year where we're just going to win it all. We're going to do everything, and he did. He talked me into it. I went back down. You know, we went on Mike's stag do in Huddersfield. Well, part one of his stag do, part two is going to be in Benidorm, but COVID hit us, so we're rebooking that. But we went and did his uh, stag do in in Huddersfield, and that was with basically the entire team in Manchester. Mm. So you've got twenty Titans. <laughs> I'm sure they'd love to be called that. So you've got twenty Titans and one Wolverine, or they will always see me as a Wolverine, if yeah. you um, And I'm out with those, and they're all like come on, you know, it's the right thing to do. We're going to win a title, you know. Look at how, look how much fun you're having with us. It's going to be great. <laughs> anyway, I was just like, do you know what? You are so right. This is going to be so good. We're going to win a national title. Like, the offensive line was amazing. The offense was amazing. The defense was class. I thought this is, there's not going to be a better time to win a title. I didn't win the title in Finland. I've never won a title with Wolverines. You know, I've always been a bridesmaid and never the bride. So I thought, yeah. do you know what? 
I'm going this one more time. Bang, COVID. Don't think so. <laughs> no, you're not. So again, if I go revert back to everything happens for a reason, this, this would have been the third time that I'd attempted to go to the Titans and win something. And now I've been set back again. Am I meant to go back to the Titans or, and win something? I don't think so. I don't think it's, you know. Now, this season is null and void, pretty much like the Premier League should have been, really. But no, this I'm season, not a fan. Not... <laughs> that's why yeah. I said it. <laughs> so the season's been null and void, so nothing's going to happen for the remainder of this season. So essentially, we would be halfway through the season now, um, being in August. So the season finishes in September. Um, so, you know, going back to what I said earlier, the season again wouldn't really start till the start of February. So, and I work very closely with Mike. Like I said, he's my best friend. We talk every single day, yeah. whether Becky likes it or not, which is his partner, whether Sam likes it or not. Um, yeah. You know, we talk all the time. I'm pretty convinced he has got six months of being able to talk me into going to the Titans again. If am I going to play one more season? I say no. Come February, we'll will. find out. <laughs> yeah, February, I probably will. Um, I've said no so many times to so many things, and it's actually ended up happening. So I've got to a point now where if someone says, "Are you going to do this?" I don't know. Maybe. So yeah, that's that's where my American football career is at the moment. Um, I'm in a good enough shape at the moment where I can build on the amount of weight that I've put on to, to be a, a very dominant force back in the UK um, and win a league. Yes, I want to win a league. Like I said, I've never won a league in anything. You know, I've never won a trophy. I've always had runners-up medals. So I don't think there'll be a better opportunity, in my, especially in, in a playing capacity of any sport, you know, to win something than I will be doing if I go back to Titans. So watch your space. That's all I can say about them. Well, to be fair, like, um, I will go back early on in, say, your career. You were a, a BCW World Heavyweight Champion, if that counts. So. <laughs> oh, you know what? Yeah. I was. I, um, I, I held two titles. Um, I was a BCW Tag Team Champion with Psycho, which was Lee. And then... Um, and I was a BCW World Heavyweight Champion as well, which obviously, I think that might be <laughs> the youngest BCW Champion at the time, which is still a record. So that's not anything, you know, Karen, Alistair, you know, Jeffrey, you, no one can take that from me. No, I was going to say, we've, me and Tom talk about it quite a few times, trying to do the reunion, whether that actually does happen, would you do it? 100%. Never say never. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> This one, I'm not even going to say I don't know or maybe. 100%. Yes, I will. I will get on the spandex, you know. (laughs) Donut Storm will make a return with one shoulder or two or none. I will make a return to that without a shadow of a doubt. I know you briefly work now with Fleetwood Town. Was that something that happened whilst you were playing football or since you stopped the American football, you, you just got into soccer, shall we say, English football? Well... For the benefit of me not getting the the abuse uh, off the back of this, we'll call it footy. Okay. So I have football <laughs> and I have footy. Yeah. So if I have footy, everyone knows what I mean. I can't yeah. say soccer because I get destroyed for it. And yeah. everyone calls it, everyone says soccer to me because they think it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so no, as as you know, football, or no, sorry, footy has always been a, like a, a staple of my life 
you know, so you used to play Sunday League with Walkabout as well, didn't you? From what yeah, I I did. Sunday yeah, League, we, yeah. yeah, and I played with Sean Miller in, in Walkabout, and you know, they were probably as as a player, they were probably the best times that I've ever had yeah. as a player doing anything. We used to turn up on Sunday morning, pissed off our face, <laughs> rocking up at ten to eleven, you know. And just go on, and me and Miller would just run the show playing for Walkabout. It was so good. They were such good times. But I kind of knew. So I was always too physical for football. So again, I was never physical enough to play as a linebacker, but I was too physical for football. I got sent off one in four games. I would tackle people by wrapping them up around the legs. <laughs> I would headbutt, I'd punch, you know. It, it was never going to work out for me because I was never very fit and I was never hugely fast. So I couldn't catch people up and I couldn't run with them all day. Mm. So I fouled them. It was easier for me. Yeah. That way they couldn't move. <laughs> um, so I kind of knew my footballing was never going to take off massively. I played Saturday League here and there, but it never took off massively. Um, so at AFC Blackpool. And I kind of thought to myself, being a huge you know, footy manager, fan that, that we both are something yeah. that we've always kept in touch with over the years um, I always wanted to go down a coaching route like I've always been a bit of a teacher with some things here and there I used to work as a coach uh, for YMCA in Thornton um, under Sharpie so I always knew I had something to offer in coaching and my knowledge of football I have something to offer there so I thought we'll put the two together and we'll become a football coach um, how do we do that well you know, there's loads of junior teams looking for coaches and volunteers because that's what it is. It's volunteer. You have to be volunteering to do it. Um, so that I thought, there's, I know there's loads of people here. So I started doing my coaching courses. Um, I started this pre-Finland. Um, I was manager of the under-18s at AFC Blackpool. Um, we had the likes of Stockport in our league, Accrington Stanley, Macclesfield Town. Uh, and did my level one uh, running there. We started off with three players at the start of pre-season. We started the league on day one of the season with 24 signed on um, and we had a fairly decent first season. So it was all right. Um, and then obviously Finland happened. We, you know, we travelled away. And then when I was in Finland, obviously American football was, you know, first, second and third, sometimes fourth priority. And then and there was Sam. And that was like fifth or sixth priority, unfortunately. Yeah. Whether she likes it or not, she knows it. <laughs> or she knew it. Definitely not now. Um Moved up to about third now. Yeah, she's in like, I'd definitely, I'd definitely say she's in the top three priorities. Yeah. Yeah. Along with Noah. She's, they've got to be up there somewhere. Yeah. I don't know what order. <laughs> um, but when I was in Finland, kind of something clicked as we got to like the last two months of being in Finland where I kind of thought, I really don't know what I'm going to do when I go back home. Like, yeah. it's like I said, go there first do it first and then figure it out later that's kind of the way I've always lived my life not now because I have nowhere and I have more responsibilities so it's a bit different but we kind of didn't know what I wanted to do so Sam was a hairdresser Sam could come back and she's she's that talented with hairdressing and she can walk into any job and yeah. she did you know she's now working for Olivia Knowles um you know in Polton previously David Maria he's massive hairdressers everyone knows it you know she's very lucky to be fully booked all the time so she's doing great I didn't, I didn't have that I don't have a trade I don't have a skill you know I'm, I'm not a plumber I'm not a joiner like these hands are meant to be in an office like these hands are meant to hold phones not tools you know <laughs> never they don't get dirty they don't get wet 
Just I thought, I thought you were yeah. going to say, these hands are for balls. And I was like, <laughs> 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 you put this out, so I was waiting for it to come out. <laughs> no, you're not going to get that content <laughs> yeah. from me, I'm afraid. That's not going to work. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, and I kind of really didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I've always been a bit of a sales guy. I've always been able to talk, and so, as you can tell, probably because we're, you know, what, an hour and something into this. Yeah. Yeah, so I can always talk. That's not a problem. I can sell. So I went into the sales game. Um, you know, started off in, in energy, and now I've moved into consumer protection, working with renewable energy, uh, doing insurance kind of things. So that's been amazing. I've had a really good career with this so far, and it's not going to change anytime soon. You know, we're buying a house. We're getting our first house. You know, I went and you know got a pickup truck. Sam's you know driving a nice car. You know, we've got things going on. We've worked really hard for it. So we're dead happy with where we're up to for that. But I knew there was going to be something extra off the back of Finland where I thought I'm going to have to fill that void. So anything I do, I'm always 100% in. And now that's a fault, but it's amazing at the same time because I can be too committed sometimes and it can lead to emotions or it can lead to neglecting other things um, such as family, which has happened in the past, you know, but fortunately enough, I've got an amazing partner who will stand by me with anything that I ever do. So she backed me and said, listen, your coaching could be really good. Why don't you just focus and put all your eggs in that basket alongside your job? So I did. I started my level two, then I went into my level three, my UA for B. Um, and now I am fully coaching. Um, but with that, there was kind of something, if you're a coach in the UK, I've done my I've done my level one uh, a long long yeah. time ago, so I know so this there's, there's, there's four, yeah. isn't there? There's four so you've got, yeah, you've got your FA level one, your FA level two, and then you've got your A for B, which is known as a level three, which is changing again. Then your level four, which is you, your A for A, and then you've got your A for Pro. So if you want to manage in the Premier League in the UK, yeah. you have to have your A for Pro license. If you want to be a coach or work in an EFL team or higher, so League Two, League One, Championship or the Prem, you have to have a minimum of Level Three, which is your way for B. The reason for that is they brought out something a few years called a few years ago called the EPPP. Now I should know what that stands for, but I don't. Basically, it means that you have to be vetted. Um, and checked to be working as, as a high standard as a coach yeah. to be working with academy players, pre-academy players and pros, essentially, um, which is the route I'm going on now. So I'm on my UEFA B now, and that's what I'm doing. Um, off the back of that, I kind of realised I was never going to work in the higher end of the game that I wanted to. So me and you, we are huge, huge, avid football manager fans. We have been for the last... 15 20 years of our yeah. life we've always managed big teams we've always done what we wanted and we've always probably secretly maybe sometimes publicly especially for me wanted to do it in real life but yeah, i, I mean, realized you see some people i think i've seen a news article a few years ago some saudi arabian kid got a job as a manager because he played football manager and showed what he did on football manager and got a job as a manager I'm like you can't do that yeah. in england <laughs> I, i've seen that so many times we like play like there's a guy who did it in spain um, I think he went over there as his normal job and he worked as like a, and he did the tickets. He was doing like tickets outside the ground for them, for the club. Anyway, then he became the media officer. Then he started doing his coaching badges. 
and somehow he's now wound up as the manager of the club. And this is like in the Spanish like fourth tier, which is absolutely mm. insane because that's a high standard. So, mm. but anyway, I kind of thought to myself, it's never going to happen. I'm never going to get myself into those tiers purely for the fact in the UK you've got the PFA, which highly encourages ex-professionals yeah. to give back to the game. So if you're under the PFA and you've played professional, you've been at an academy at a high standard, which I never have, you automatically get offered these coaching courses, the ones that I'm talking about now, you wait for B, you wait for A, and you get encouraged to go back into the game. The reason being is, whilst me and you were in school and we were doing geography, learning about you know the diameter of Asia, <laughs> these kids were on a football field you know, not learning about geography, not learning about maths to a certain standard. So the way they looked at it is they never stood a chance to go out and get a proper job because they were never skilled other than being footballers. Mm-hmm. So the PFA looked at it and said, right, okay, we're going to put you into the coaching program or we're going to put you into the a funnel which can put, put you back into the football world and essentially earn money for the people who don't make it as footballers. So as a coach, if you've not been in the PFA program before, it's highly unlikely that you're going to manage at a very high standard. You know, yeah, it just doesn't happen. I mean, you've got um, the Wolves manager, what's his name? Nuno, oh, Nuno Espinito, uh, Nuno yeah. Espinito, yeah, yeah. He was a goalkeeping coach, like that's always been his role. He was a goalkeeper, then a goalkeeping coach, and then he's moved into management. That that's about as close to anything weird that you get as a non-pro playing. So it's not going to happen. So I looked at it and I thought, and I want to coach at a good standard, which I'm probably going to have to work my way up. Um, but is there anything else I can do? So I looked into the world of scouting. So I'm thinking this could be good. We'll have a look at this. There's no, um, what's the word? There's no, at the time, there was no governing body for scouting. You know, okay. UFA was your coaching badges. You got your coaching yeah. badges through the FA. It's widely recognised and it is the standard. If you want to go down the route of coaching, you have to go down that. Yeah. And there was no route for scouting. It was, you were an old man, you had a flat cap, a long uh, farmer's coat, and you went and stood in a field with your wellies on and you travelled up and down the motorway four nights a week and you knew yeah. someone who worked at a football club. That's what scouts were. And you can tell a scout off by miles, not so much now because they come in all shapes and sizes, but, you know, very traditionally, you know, you can see a scout miles off. Um, and that's how it was for a long time. And I sort of got in contact with a few clubs and said, listen, um, I'm very analytical as a person. You know, I've, I've got very uh, good knowledge with Excel uh, and other computer programs. I've got a very good eye uh, for football. I'm, I, what I'd like to do is I'd like to come in unpaid, completely voluntarily and see if I can scout for you. I can go and watch kids. Um, I can go and watch adults. I can go and watch college players. And I'll just come back with a detailed report, see what you think. And if you like it, I'll come work for free because working in football for a club is great. That's what we all want to do. Yeah. You know, That's a hobby for most people. Um, if you're lucky enough to make money out of it, that's the dream. You know, scouting, you never, it's, scouting is not a full-time job anymore unless you're a data analyst or, you know, or you're in the Premier League. Scouting is not a full-time job anymore. So I looked at this and thought this, this could be amazing. Anyway, so I got in contact with someone who I knew that did something for the Academy at Blackpool. 
Um, now, me being a Fleetwood Town fan, it's, it's not something I really wanted to do, working for Blackpool, but, you know, we all have to be somewhere if yeah. there's an opportunity. Anyway, so we got in touch with those guys at Blackpool Academy Recruitment, um, and they basically said, yep, yeah, let's get you on board, go out and watch XXX and play a, let me know what you think, and that's it. And I thought, Jesus, that's, this is very sort of unofficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll add you into a WhatsApp group and then you can let me know what you think of him. <laughs> right. Well. Is this back when Oyster was in charge? <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, when there was definitely no money. Yeah, there's no, no nothing. So I thought, right, well, this isn't amazing. So I sort of wanted to branch out and look elsewhere, see if there's something. Anyway, I got in touch with someone at Fleetwood. Great guy. Uh, won't mention who it is um, for the obvious reasons. Uh, got in touch with someone at Fleetwood and he was amazing. He basically just said, listen, we've got a group of around about nine or ten. Um, would you like to come in and, you know, we'll, we'll give you matches. Uh, and he said to me, he says, what age range do you watch? Now, I never thought that this would be a thing where they would give you the option. And I said, well, I prefer to be looking at the higher end, the higher ages of players, so like you're 15 onwards. And he said, great, we don't want you going out and watching a nine-year-old if watching a nine-year-old isn't anything to you because what's the point it's not beneficial for you it's not beneficial for us he was great about it he's given me a few assignments anyway went out did them he liked what he saw and and that's where I am now um essentially working uh, on the Fleetwood Town and um, it's non-paid it's non-contracted um but it's a great team they they've just got their new Cat 3 license I believe it is don't quote me on that which now basically puts them in the same category of club and reputation as some Premier League clubs. So they're in League One and they've got the reputation of, you know, of some Premier League clubs now um, in terms of being categorised. So uh, the club is on a, a massive, you know, going going really good places now. Yeah. Joey Barton involved, he's, he's class manager. I know he's off, off-field antics and sometimes on-field antics weren't um, shone in the best light. But I'll tell you now, as a manager, as a coach, he's unbelievable. You know, I've gone and watched, now I'm working from home. Sometimes I've gone out on my lunch break and watched some of the, because uh, I live around the corner from Pillfoot, which is the training ground. Yeah. So I've gone and watched some of the training sessions. And let me tell you, some of the detail that you see, like you just think to yourself, like there's no, you won't get shown this in coaching courses. This is all, this has come from him. And this is why ex-pros are managers, because they've seen it all. You know, he's seen that for 20 years. He's been around, you know. It's under about, God knows, excellent amount of managers as well. So, yeah, you know, taking so the best of everyone. He has, yeah. And he's and the way that this, the staff are there and, you know, they're all so meticulous and detailed. It just makes you think there's a reason now why ex-pros are in the game because they've seen it, they've experienced it. Yeah. And for non-ex-pros to go in the game, you either have to be the most hard working person in the room or you have to have a very very ridiculous eye for things you know so I'm hoping that can be me I'm a hard worker I do have a good eye for football good eye for players potential and talent and whether it goes any further I don't know I would love it to um, but we'll see but for now I am mostly coaching and uh, focusing on the coaching side of things so would you saying scouting and working with Fleetwood Town is the actual dream like this would be the best thing to happen would you be on football manager next year uh, is that the dream just see your own name on there scout 
<laughs> so yeah, I definitely won't be on Footy Manager next year. Um, I think anyone who plays Footy Manager, especially avid players like us, know and will agree. If you work for a club and you get your name on Footy Manager, <laughs> that is about as good as making it. That like, beats you, all league titles or anything. <laughs> there is no real other way of saying I've made it. Like you know what I mean. That is just seeing your name on an unedited database on the official database on a game that is sold worldwide with millions of buyers and your name is on there is just that's something different that that's something different imagine imagine being on football manager and you get your you know your head of scouting comes to you or your head of coaching or whoever it is who makes the decisions about hiring and firing staff says we have space for another scout. Here's a few recommendations. And imagine your name pops up and you just think to yourself, Jesus Christ, like, that's it. That, that is the ultimate. That's the golden gate. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's headlining at WrestleMania. Well, that is headlining at WrestleMania. There is no two ways about that. You know, that's the number one draft pick. So, um, yeah, if that, that's the goal, yeah. Essentially to... Um, to, to get on on footy manager is is one, but uh, who knows whether that's going to be for Fleetwood, whether it be someone else. You know, I would hope it would be for Fleetwood, but you know. Well, hopefully, and, you never know. We might hopefully get somebody from Sports Interactive listening. You might get it on there, and they'll be like, get in contact with yeah, and get you in that game. Get someone. Or, what do you think your judging player ability and potential would be? Oh, so I might actually. <laughs> My attributes, I would have 15 determination, 12 adaptability. Judging player ability would be 17. And judging player potential probably be about 15, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. I'd be like in your like, tier two of scouts, maybe tier three. I'm not top tier, no way. Like, I wouldn't be able to put myself in there, but... I'd be in your mid-range. You'd, you'd renew my contract every time it came up. You'd renew. You'd send yeah. it you might not give me pay rises. And you might not give me bonuses, but you'd renew my contract. Yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't even be tough to negotiate with either. I'd accept it. Just go for it. So do you usually do that, Hans? Um, you mentioned before you do all the training on Football Manager. Do you actually take control of all your scouting team as well to do specific missions or do you just leave it to your chief scout? I recently did it where I took over the scouting to obviously scout all the different competitions. Again, with the training, I delegate to my assistant manager. But with scouting, I decided I'm going to take it over and see what happens, yeah. scout all the competitions, try and find some decent young players. Do you do that as well? Because you mentioned you can be there for hours just <laughs> training. So on footy manager now, I can't think off the top of my head if there's anything that I actually dedicate to anyone else. So. The only things that I don't do is I don't take control of under 18s or 23s mm-hmm. and I replicate everything from the first team to those. Yeah. Um, so I think that I think that's the only thing that I don't do at the moment. So I assign all scouts myself. Um, I take control of all training and individual player training. You could ask me about any player in my team and I could pretty much give you a full breakdown biography of my player. 
I could tell you how long he's been there. I could tell you how much he's earning. I could tell you how long his contract's for, his best attributes. I could tell you his worst attributes. I could tell you who he plays good with. I don't know why. I'm just, my mind is in that game. Always has and always will be. I've got an unreal save going on with Fleetwood Town at the moment. Um, in one of those as well, because I'm usually, I'll be having dinner and I'll just start thinking about, I need to look at this guy and I need to figure out how, who I'm going to play. I've got the Champions League final coming up. <laughs> I need to figure out, I'm against PSG. Who am I gonna, have you got a book? <laughs> got a book. Oh my God. Yeah, don't talk to me about thoughts. <laughs> When you play American football for six years, you start to lose brain cells and you start to lose memory capacity. <laughs> so when you do have these thoughts and you're eating your tea, oh, Jose Juan Busquets, he scored four goals with his left foot this season and four with his head and all with his right foot. But I'm playing him on the left-hand side. Maybe I should play him on the right-hand side. <laughs> Jose Busquets. Better in two-man pairing when playing on the right, <laughs> and then that'll be it. That, that that will be it. Like I've got in there right now because it came to me when we started talking that I need to work on my attacking set pieces from the left-hand side because I don't have a um, suitable right-footed uh, corner taker. So I have my left footer taking corners from both sides. So, I, but I've, they're all outswinging. So I need. Yeah. I've got set piece stuff. That um that goes on with short set pieces. So I'll just write it down and then I'll come back to it, load up the laptop, get straight back on it, and then uh, I'll then I'll re I I tell you one thing that I do a lot on Football Manager. You know where you can set notes and reminders and stuff. I've never used it, but I see it's on. No, there, you yeah. never will. You you, no. like, <laughs> you never will. But you can set notes and reminders and stuff, and it will ping up on certain days. So you can like set an, a reminder or set a note uh, to to flash every week. Yeah. And I put one on for every month and it was check how many goals scored from set pieces every month. And then the reason why I did that is I wanted to see if I could do set piece training more and score more goals from it. So yeah. I I take this this game as real life. I know there's an algorithm and I know it's programmed to be certain things and it's all number based. If you hit a certain number, you might do a number of this or if you do this, you might do this. And if you don't have this, then you might not ever do that. I get that. But in our head, we don't like to live like that. We like to think it's real life. And it is the closest thing on any game, console, laptop, PC or anything that will ever replicate something from, you know, something like a, so real in yeah. the world of football into into a game. So I think that's what makes it so addictive. But I absolutely yeah. love it. No, especially with football manager. I don't know. I don't. Have you ever watched Moneyball? You know, the oh, movie yeah. Moneyball. So oh, I, 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 that's how I approach Football Manager. It's all about the numbers. So yeah. I'll always look. I need this guy with finishing of like 17. He'll go up front, get this guy with crossing of 19 on the wing and the speed of 19. And I build it off numbers. So that's how I create my team. Well, I sent a scout out, Kiki Duran. He's my chief scout. I sent him out to the German League, okay, yeah. to look at who had scored the most goals in the box between the ages of 17 and 21. And I want them to come back. Always got to get them young because you need the homegrown status for the Champions League. Got to have homegrown <laughs> when you play in Europe. Got to have homegrown in Europe. Yeah. So, so I, I asked him to do that. Anyway, he, he sent me back a player, uh, Volte Simeonic, regen, obviously. And he scored something like 19 goals in 14 appearances and 18 of them came from inside the box. 
I'm thinking, right, well, I need a poacher. That's what I'm getting. <laughs> so it's absolutely insane when you think about about the way that you can use stats to do that sort of thing and, and your attributes. Yeah. And yeah, especially if you're going to do Moneyball, you know, again, I think I took a punt on um, on, a, on a player. God, I can't, who was it now? I can't remember who it was. It was a right back anyway. I took a punt on a player um, and his attributes had to have a minimum of 16 crossing, uh, 16 pace and 18 determination. Anyway, yeah. it came up with like, like nine players who I'd never heard of. So, because I, I clicked on it, show only realistic first team appointments. Yeah. Uh, it came up with like nine players I'd never heard of in my entire life. So anyway, I looked at them, looked through them, looked at them, and I thought, they're the only attributes that I need right now. I don't care about defending, because I've got two unreal centre-halves, and both of them will go out wide if they have to. Yeah. I don't care about that. Looked at them, signed him on a free, brought him in. He's got like an overall 7.4 average rating for a season. I'm thinking... Mm-hmm. I'm on a free. No one knows who it is. <laughs> how, yeah. how good is it that you can use that model and then it just go and work and just yeah. I did it for one season. I was the England manager and I think one England player, I just stood by goal scored in appearances and he yeah. played for Stoke in the championship. I was like, you know what? I'll bring him in. He scored a few goals. It's not the Premier League, but he scores goals. He might do well. Yeah. Seven appearances, 15 goals. From insane. From build up to the World Cup and into the World Cup, we won the World Cup. He got the Golden Boot, and then I left to be Liverpool manager. Signed him for him for twenty four million, Golden Boot like three out of the five seasons so far. <laughs> He's a club legend now. I'm a club legend on Arsenal. I think I'm a favourite on Liverpool at the minute. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a club legend on Fleetwood yet, and it's doing my head in. You've been I there for how long? <laughs> well. Funny actual story. I started off as Forest Green um, in, in the first Yeah, I was Forest Green like 2013 12. I like doing a Vanarama one sometimes, you know, building it up. Yeah. Well, no, they're in, league, they're in League Two on this. League Two, yeah, they're in League Two at the start of the season. Uh, Vanarama. And the only reason I went Forest Green is because they're a full renewable cl- uh, club. Yeah. So the stadium's built out of recyclable. Um, products. It, the whole thing is powered by recyclable energy, uh, renewable energy. Sorry, um, you can't even get a meat and potato pie in the ground. <laughs> it, it's all vegan. It's all vegan food. When you okay. so I thought I'm going to go forest green. This is going to be class. I don't really like the kit, um, but it's going to be class. Um, and as I mentioned to you before, I was in Bristol um, on a on a work meeting. Stopped off at Curry's, bought the laptop, downloaded it on the train, got on the train. <laughs> Four hours on the train of just sorting everything out for Forest Green. Didn't even play a game until I got home. Um, anyway, got them promoted first season via playoffs. Um, second season, I got them up to the championship. And then the Fleetwood Town job came up. Um, and I thought, and they were in League One. They were bottom of League One, 19 games in. And I thought, mm. that's me. That's me, that. That's me. Yeah. Anyway, I think I finished mid-table. Then the season after, um, I missed out on playoffs by one point on final day. Season after that, automatic promotion to the championship. And then got promoted from the championship uh, via the playoffs to the Premier League. Um, came 12th first season in the Premier League. Don't ask me how I know all this off my head. I just do. <laughs> um, 12th first season in the Premier League. I came 6th or 7th. I came in, in the very last... Um, Europe spot. 
It depends on the FA Cup, though, doesn't it? If somebody from the Champions League win the FA Cup, then it'll go to seventh, doesn't it? Or if somebody no, yeah. wins FA Cup, they take the Europa League spot. I think I, I think I finished seventh, and I think Chelsea had won the league, but I think I think because <laughs> of that, I, there was something that Chelsea were already in Europe, so that might be what it is. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I came seventh and I managed to get a Europa League qualifying spot. Um, I had about like two weeks of pre-season. Then you have to go and play like Maccabi Tel Haifi away in Israel for your UEFA League. UA I remember league. when Liverpool had to face Maccabi Haifa when we won the Champions League in 2005 yeah. and in 2006. You had to do all the the, the qualifiers. It was like Maccabi Haifa in the qualifying round. <laughs> 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 like... yeah, I to play like Levski Sofia in Bulgaria away on yeah. uh, qualifying Europa League day one. Uh, Back in like, July, it's like I'm not usually starting till August. I know July, and the players have just gone on holiday, you know, and playing like reserve players. Um, no, but I'd done that, and then anyway, managed to get through. I got beaten in the Europa League semi final against PSG. How were they even in the Europa League? Um, and uh, then the next season, I think I won the league in the Champions League. Yeah. So it was, and then now I'm in this season, and I think. Oh, sorry, no, the season after that, I came fifth. Um, on final day, I could have come ninth. That's how close it was. Um, but I came fifth, and now I'm back in the Europa League. Um, I've just smashed my group. So I've just qualified now for all the knockout stages of the Europa League. But, uh, yeah, I'm still Fleetwood. Um, and I've only got two, maybe three. I think I've got two players who aren't regens slash new gen. Chilwell and Sengiz Under. Do you do the same thing like I do as well when you start a new game? You don't have any stats, Sunday League football, uh, like minimum oh, yeah. coaching and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sunday League football with no experience, full journeyman, get them all, build them up. Yeah. And I got to, um, do you remember me saying you have to have a UEFA Pro licence to play in the Premier League? Yeah. That's the same on FM. Um, you have to, all the managers have to be pro licensed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was midway through the championship with Fleetwood, and they wouldn't put me on my pro license. And I thought, and you could get and sacked it, at the end of the season. <laughs> it, was, it was in a contract year as well, so I always let my contract run down. Like I never renew it. I always, I just, I think I like the drama of when it comes around. Like, more he always, all the news articles are like, oh, is he going to renew his contract? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know why. We're just weird. We're built weird like that. And I, and I thought, oh my god, it's going to come down to it, and they're not even going to renew my contract because they're not going to put me through my UEFA pro license. Um, but fortunately, no, they did because they couldn't not. But no, I'm still a club icon at the moment, not a legend. So it's, uh, I think I must be close to having a son in the game as well. A son. It must be very yeah, because you can get a son in the game, can't you? Can you? You didn't know a son for yourself. Yeah. So no. after you've done, yeah, after you've done ten years, like after your tenth year, you can have a son in the game. What did he just randomly join your like youth team or? No, no, they don't necessarily play for you. They can they can play for anyone. Oh. I have debated it. If I get to like 2040 or 2045, I might retire and then create a new manager as my son. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, and then try and replicate and try and beat what I did. No, so I think I um, the reason why... So one of my other best mates, Jamie McKay, um, he's a massive footy manager, but he's one, of the, he's one of those guys who likes the old footy managers. 
like the championship looked, manager oh one oh two whatever that yeah well, he plays oh one oh two but he's like he's famous him and his mate Ricky are famous for playing FMO five like they're famous for it. Um, and he always like talks to me talks to me like his FMO five season he's like I don't know what formation to use. I'm like well I play like four one two three asymmetrical and he's just like I can play four four two or I can play four three three. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, forgot. You about can't that. drag and drop your plays into wherever you want. I, no, have, I usually play. No. Like, I have two formations. I have a a four, two, two, two at the minute with Liverpool narrow. Yeah, so no wingers. But my second right. formation is four one three two because with four. Liverpool I don't really have so four one midfielder, one attacking midfielder, two wingers and two tackles. I always I like two up top. They work better as a two for me. Right, that's when, a diamond four 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 two diamond wide. Yeah, um, but with Arsenal, I was similar four one three because they had Nicolas Pepe, I signed yeah. Jaden Sancho, so I had wingers, so it was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Liverpool, I had Harvey Elliott. I didn't have anyone on the left, so I was like, I'll train Harvey Elliott to be a attacking midfielder. Yeah. yeah, so it's really my life. Uh, no, I play four four two three one, or I play three five two. Yeah, when I was England, I was four-two-three-one because again, yeah. didn't really have a lot of strikers at the time, and you need more defence in international football. Yeah, naturally, naturally, otherwise you get punished. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw the other conversations with everybody else towards the end. I like to do a um, a favourites round, it's like a quick fire questions. Okay. So we'll start off with like favourite movie. Hangover. Hangover. Yeah, the Hangover. Just the first one. Just the first one. I mean, yeah. I like them all, but I mean, The Hangover, I watched that three times in the cinema. Like, I, I literally went three times to watch it. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed it that much. Um, if not The Hangover, then it would probably be pretty much anything with The Rock in it. Yeah. I love uh, The Rock. Have you seen Joker yet? Joker, yes. Oh, my it's, God. It's the same director as The Hangover. Oh, is it? Is it the same guy? <laughs> yeah. 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 That was dark. The joke was was dark. Like, yeah. I mean, I expected it to be dark, but I mean, I had like I had shivers running down my body numerous yeah. times. Like, Joaquin Phoenix is an unreal actor. He's actually one of my other favorite films, Ladder Forty Nine, um, yeah. with like, firefighters in New York. But no, that was dark. That was very dark. Yeah. So you just briefly talk about Joaquin Phoenix. Do you have a favorite actor? Would it be Dwayne Johnson then, or? Uh, no, so I have a few different favourite actors. So I have Mark Wahlberg is probably my favourite go-to actor. Um, I just find him really funny. Like he's yeah. he's he's his own like little takes on things are just really funny. Like he's yeah, he's just got some really class parts. Um, Denzel Washington is the he's the boy. You know, like he's just. He, he reminds me partly of my dad. Like, he just parts of him are just so, like, he just comes across as very knowledgeable in yeah. anything that he does. It's just like he knows everything about anything. Um, and he's just, yeah, he's he makes everything, like, just so much better, anything that he's in. Um, do I have another favourite actor? I don't think I do. No. No, I'll do it. This is a two-parter. Favorite band and favorite singer. Take that is my favorite band. Um, 
I'm guessing you won't allow me to go Gary Barlow's favourite singer. Kind of <laughs> no, I had somebody who said Queen was her favourite band. I was like, you can't have Freddie Mercury, so. <laughs> Freddie Mercury is Queen. Yeah. So you can't have that. Um, favourite singer would be Ben Howard. Yeah, do Ben f- Howard. Do you have a favourite um, song? Favourite song is Rule the World by Take That. Um, but my favourite Ben Howard song is Keep Your Head Up. I had this conversation um, about Take That, we'll listen to it in the card every day, Never Forget the Ultimate Collection, which is like amazing. But you can't beat Never Forget, Never Forget, it's just unbelievable. The song, great well, even, song. Even when they got back together, like Patience and The Flood were just incredible as well. Yeah, I've seen them live numerous times in numerous different countries as well. Yeah. Like I've travelled to other countries just to watch them live. So, no, they are class. Never forget, he's an absolute classic. That's sang by Howard. Um, everyone thinks it's Gary Barlow, but it's not. It's sang by Howard. Mm-hmm. And he's probably like the least talented singer out of all of them. So, yeah. Just a great song. Written by Gary Barlow. Do you have a uh, favourite TV show? Favourite TV show? So that's obviously, that question 10 years ago, people would go, yeah, my favourite TV show is Friends, The Simpsons. But Friends now... on a different class, so you can't really say that anymore. Yeah, it's like its own shit class, yeah. so yeah, I would never say that. Um, but no, TV show now, it's obviously very different, because everything's Netflix and Amazon, so it's all series. And once you've seen it, you probably won't go back to it. Um, so what I'll do is I'll give you, I'll just give you a list a top three. I'll put them in order because I can't, I can't be controversial. Um, coming in at one, 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 number one, I would say is Peaky Blinders. I think it's just class. I love the fact that it's old, you know, and it can't just be recreated anywhere. A lot yeah. of thought had to go into it. Um, and I love the fact that they use budget actors for it. I know Cecilia Murphy isn't naturally a budget actor, but. Like Sam Neill was in it as well, weren't he? Oh, at yeah. one point oh wait actually I, I'm taking my words back Tom Hardy isn't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not budget but they're not all. like well known Hollywood actors that are like no. supporting actors they're just like guest roles in it but yeah. they are unknown people to make it feel like it's Birmingham in like the 90s yeah, and I still haven't watched it yet but I know what it's about it's on my list to watch you've not seen Peaky Blinders no no it's, it's on my list I've got it I still haven't watched it how long is this list <laughs> Jesus. Right, I'll move on from that before I get upset. Um, my so your list I've actually watched. <laughs> yeah, your list is probably big that you've watched. <laughs> my second favourite is a, a series called Banshee. Um, watch series one of Banshee. Uh, it's weird that you've watched series one and not the rest. I find that yeah. very odd. Um, Banshee is a very... Uh, so I think it originated on HBO or Sky Atlantic. It's so, like a HBO Showtime thing. In the yeah. Movie. So what in, I guess in the world of series, if you will, that would be known as maybe like an independent, like an indie series, if you will. Mm. Um, again, low budget, but what an unreal series. Literally, I watched the entire thing pretty much straight the way through. Um, so that's my indie version of, or that's my unknown one so that's yeah. more houses tips there yeah. you go <laughs> anybody watch. puts on facebook what to watch tonight there you go Something, yeah um and the series that i'm watching now that is incredible can't take my eyes of it is queen of the south 
That's on Netflix. It's about drug cartels in Mexico. Unbelievable. Can't take my eyes off it. Yeah. Um, so I was going to ask before, but I think you answered it uh, when you talk about American football. You say Von Miller, he's your all-time favourite NFL footballer. Yeah, yeah, Von Miller is my boy. Um, I got drafted I, to um, the Broncos on Madden, like this, the Madden just gone, and yeah. like literally, he's like the star man. It's like ninety-nine overall rated. It's like oh, Von Miller. <laughs> Von Miller is just like. If you ever sort of like, obviously, we'll never get to know these people. But I mean, if you ever like watches interviews and documentaries and stuff like that, he's such a genuine guy. Now, mm-hmm. most of the NFL players are genuine guys because they, they're just the way that America works and its scouting program yeah. is they will pick the most athletic players from the from the whole of America. So they don't pick the richest players. They don't pick people who live in big houses. They don't pick people who have got nice, rich, wealthy parents. That might work in high school and potentially might work in college. Once you get to the NFL, you, you'll get people who were homeless for the first 15 years of their life playing in the NFL because they're absolutely the dogs. These people yeah. are dogs. They you watched the TV show Last Chance You on Netflix? I, I watched like the first three episodes of it and I got bored. Um, yeah. I just didn't That's like basically it. what it's like. It's all like people coming around. They've got the, they've got the gift, but they've just got the wrong attitude. And it's like getting well, into that, isn't it? When we was in Finland, there was a defensive tackle who I played, who was on our team. So I played against him in every practice session. He was just unbelievable. Uh, his name's Jermichael Edwards Lott. Um, I'm pretty sure he went to the high school that was on Last Chance You, and he was in it the year before Last Chance You okay. was filmed. Might be wrong, um, but I know he's got an affinity towards that school. So, um, yeah, no. And, and again, I mean, I can speak for Jermichael. He's from Texas. You know, he's an animal. He's, he's not even playing at the moment. I don't think he's played for the last two years. And yet he's up every morning, 6am, working with cones. He's on a field mm-hmm. empty and just him and his cleats. No ball in sight. No people in sight. You know, and Americans, having spent obviously six, seven months with these guys, they're not built the way we are. Like, they work off the mantra that they're not entitled or they're not given anything. You know, they, they earn everything. So that's why they get so like possessive with things that they do own because they've worked like a dog for it. Or if they're not, they've died, they've died trying. Yeah. Um, so no, I've, I have nothing but utmost respect for Americans. That's perfect. Um, so before I do end it, um, I usually say give, give a shout out to where we can follow you on Instagram or Twitter or any tag so people can follow you. Yeah, um, Johnny Morehouse one on Twitter or at, Johnny Morehouse on Instagram and get me on Facebook, Jonathan Morehouse. Uh, Instagram is mostly going to be pretty much my day-to-day life. You know, pretty much snap anything and it goes on there. Twitter is probably more uh, football based. So if you want like, I'm, I'm posting a lot of my opinions on football players, up and coming football players. Um, I sort of, I am a Fleetwood Town fan, very closely followed by the team that United are playing every week. So United could be playing Brighton, and then that week I'm a Brighton fan. They might be playing Leeds the week after, I'll be a Leeds fan. So you'll see a lot of comments <laughs> that they probably look like they're anti-United, but they, they come from a good place. The comments come from a good place. <laughs> it's not all hate, I guess. That's perfect. Is there anything else you want to talk about the future, what's to come, or 
the people I do. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, what's to come at the moment is I'm a first-team coach at Garstang. Uh, they're in the Northwest Counties League at the moment. Uh, we're still in pre-season. We had some very good results against uh, some very good opposition over the last few weeks. Um, that's with Scolzi, so Richard Cookney, he's the, he's the manager. You've got Andrew, Andrew Forsyth, only known as Foz. He's the assistant manager, um, and I'm just the first-team coach there. So that's going really well. Absolutely love it. Um, you know, that's where all my effort and energy is going into at the moment. So I can't wait for the season to get started on that. Like I said, with American football, who knows? You know, February is a long time away for anything mm-hmm. to happen yet. So I'm just not discounting anything. Um, Scouting-wise, obviously, nothing's really happened too much because of COVID and football's not been played as much. So that's all going to be kicking back off over the next few weeks. So, um, no, that's it for the future, really. You know, thank you very much for having me on. I love what you're doing. I think it's class. Um, content, you know, is going to be really good. If you can take, like, bits of everything from everyone that you're doing, you know, the people who are watching and listening to this are going to be, you know, in for a lot of a treat. Not necessarily from what I've done, but, you know, you've had comedians on in the past. I know you've got a basketball player coming on very soon. He's got some great experiences. Um, you know, Jason was on, you've got, you know, your, all the stuff that you did paying with Pokemon stuff. So, you know, it's really good. This is for really general content. I'm following you. I can't wait to see what else you're doing. Thank you very much. And um, final question, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> I'll happily take that. I'll happily they take that. not win the Super Bowl. They have the... And does they it- have a God squad. There we go. Let me just quickly grab it, and we'll just wave it around. <laughs> oh, wow, that's more. That's more. Um, no, no, it's uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've got Tom Brady, and he is the... And Gronk. I mean, Gronk is probably going to be a non-factor. He won't, he won't be fit after the second week. He'll be injured. So. Yeah, probably. <laughs> he, won't, he won't be taking part. But they've got Tom Brady, and, and Tom Brady is a winner. He's a natural winner. And anyway. we've got the best wide receivers in the league with Mike Evans and Godwin at the minute. They, yeah, with with Jameis Winston throwing 30 touchdowns with 30 interceptions and we we're still the most touchdown teams with wide receivers. It's like... Oh, yes. It, I'll tell you right now what's going to happen is, and this is, if you want a, a, a huge inside tip, Tampa Bay will lead the league in running yards this season. So revisit yeah. this in... February, not next year, the year after, and 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 see if I was right. The reason being yeah. is because everyone is going to be respecting the pass that much that it's just going to open up all the running lanes. Yeah. So there's my there's my tip. That's perfect. Thank you very much. No, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me.